obviously, if non-duality is a fact and being ourselves reality, the only way to get back there would be a negation of all the ways to get to there. Yeah? You would arrive there by negating all the arrival. Yeah? All the vehicles to arrive would be negated and then you'd realize you're already there. Yeah? No need to arrive. Now, maybe you'll get to that point by trying to arrive far out. After a time, when you arrive and you feel like you're in that space, it's going to inform you it's always been this way, always is this way, always will be this way, or on having never left. And therefore, what's going to, are you going to get tired of having, on having never left? No, you're going to get tired on all the arriving. Yeah, because every time you arrive and you've built up this incredible story, it gets negated by the fact of arriving on having never left. Yeah. So really, if there's an investment in the story, it's very, very important never to actually arrive. This is the engine of seeking. Yeah. Seeking is secure in the fact that you're never going to arrive. So seek away. Yeah. The seeking itself never gets threatened by the goal because the goal is you, you, you are what's looking. That's what you're looking for is what's looking. So all the seeking is totally, it will sign up for lifetimes of seeking. Yeah, because it knows it's never going to find. The seeking is the way of obscuring the fact that you are what you're looking for. Don't you get it? It's obvious. Yeah. Now, what causes us to be blind to that is the sense of being a personal character. So when I hear the statement in recovery, self can't get out of self, it makes total sense. And it may even make total sense while I'm in the act of trying to get out of self called Paul. Yeah. So Paul is trying to get out of self, makes total sense. And then self trying to get out of self makes total sense. Where's the disconnect? Yeah. I'm not seeing myself in the example. Just like when I did, we used to go to North Carolina to give talks, and there was this, uh, it was like a six, a seven day event, but we only went there on like the weekend. Yeah, so people were there for seven days, five days of hard, heavy, whatever. And then we'd come, different people, different speakers would show up, and you'd give your little spiel. So the spiel, I've, obviously, I was giving is, about you know spiritual addiction yeah and then the idea of using yourself to find yourself and i went on for about an hour and after the talk someone up from the group said uh i get it can you give me an example and i went voila see he was excluded from the example yeah we're always excluding ourselves from the message yeah the message is super clear for an addict. Self can't get out of self. Yeah. So Paul trying to get out of Paul is more Paul. Yeah. Makes total sense intellectually. But how it's being heard is Paul can get out of self because that's all that Paul's been trying to do since he's been six years old. And I don't want to be fucking shown up that much ahead. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I understand self can get out of self. It's the crux of the problem. Yet I'll be completely the living example, but I'm, it's called Paul trying to get out of self. That seems like a noble endeavor. But in fact, it's a, it's, a, it's a simple like 
Chinese thumb torture, self can't get out of self. But we, we hear it, but we don't include it. We don't see that we're the living example of it, yeah? We don't see that there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing that's existing. That's what it's presupposed to be. The non-existent body is, is presupposed to be an existing body, and the existence is based on the body itself. I'm, as the body, is what's existing, yes? But the body is a non-existent thing, yeah? But there's a presupposing of this non-existent thing, of being an existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for itself, yes? And in this case, which is the case, really, all the spiritual practices you may entertain are reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? That's not meant to be studied. It's meant to be felt. You want it to land. You don't want to see it coming and make it something so that it fits into the system. You let it hit the system. Let it break on that shore because it's a new kind of wave. Yeah, it's a new kind of wave. It hits it and then you're left with the statement. Yeah, does that, is that actually describing you? Is that what you seemingly have been doing ever since you were six years old? Have you been trying to get out of you all this time? And to that you, it makes complete sense. And also, intellectually, the statement self can't get out of self makes complete sense. Where's the dissonance? What's going on? Why aren't you getting the message? You're the example of it. That we're not revealing an example to you. You are the example of it. Yeah? It's sort of like you're not on the rides in the amusement park. You are the ride of the amusement park. You're the ride that thinks it's not a ride and gets on all the other rides and has a lot of fucking opinions about how long that ride lasts, where it took you. You don't understand that we're the ride, in a sense. Yeah? So the message is being ourselves reality. That's, yeah, it's not dwelt on. You don't keep pounding away being ourselves reality. No, you immediately, that's the supposition that's the point and then you look at what's not yeah you don't need to keep affirming what's already affirmed yeah in a way if you keep affirming what's already affirmed you're not affirming it really because there's a huge doubt that there's something else that's more important and more real and more valid we immediately hear that idea and then you turn to see the activity of what you're not yeah from what you are Instead of getting all the news about your life from that which you're not, you see that, yeah? And then you see and you feel and you sense and it may become like an unspoken yes, the seeker is the sort. It's not the seeker and the sort. The seeker is the sort. What's going to be affected? The seeking, obviously. What is going to be affected? The seeking, not the seeker, not the sort, because the seeker is the sort. It's the seeking. Yeah. So you'll stop using what you are to look for it.
Yeah, that's the message, really. It's just a simple direction. Here's the fact. We're not going to direct all our attention and interest to the fact. We're going to direct, we're not. The message is going to direct the interest and attention to the non-fact. Because the non-fact seems to be the fact. Yeah? We don't need to reinforce the fact of what is. It is. We need to see the weakening of what we're not. Because that's been crowned as us. Yeah? And therefore, we're looking from that. So when we start studying what we're not, we're studying it as what we're not in most cases. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. It reinforces what you're not. If you can hit half this message doesn't target me. It doesn't target Chris. It doesn't target Tommy. It doesn't target all the hundreds of people that are here. It doesn't target them. They're the obstruction. That's what we're trying to get through. <laughs> That's we're trying to get through because I can't miss everywhere. I can miss a limited fucking not that well functioning thing. You may even have mitts, but you drop the ball all the time. So we're just throwing it any possible way just to miss your fucking small reach so that it hits, hits, yeah, hits. You feel it, not even feel it. It's more than feeling. It's like a knowledge before knowledge, like in my case, it was like an unspoken yes. And it just been reverberating ever since. That was the end of it, yeah? And I remember I was in a tent in Tiruvannamalai. Someone was giving satsang and I knew I was never gonna ask another question. It was just obvious. I realized the whole conundrum, there was no getting out. Why? Because I'd never been in. I never saw that. I constantly saw I could never get out which drove me to want to get out even more. I never saw I could never get out with the, with the understanding because I've never been in. I never saw that until I did, and now I've never not seen it since. Yeah, all that time, never available, not even a possibility. Once, once heard and established, it's been a fact. Yeah, a fact. It doesn't need to be nourished or fucking blown up. It doesn't, it's living. It's like a living pulsing thing. You're on to something, yeah? So now you can recognize what you're not, which is these activities that keep implying it was you, it's gonna be you, therefore it is you, yeah? Has it ever said it's you? It, no, it says, I. you were Paul, now let's go down memory lane, and then there's Paul at, in Hawaii, there's Paul at Satsang, yeah? There's Paul, there's Paul awakening. Somebody sent me a film, so, you know, uh, their personal awakening. Give me a fucking break. And they were edited down, thank God. <laughs> yes? <laughs> you don't give a shit about awakening because there's an awakeness already. Yeah, well, it isn't mine yet. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm happy it's publicly sourced. You know, <laughs> private awakening would have to have a fence and security and fucking <laughs> cameras all day. <laughs> don't fuck with my awakening. <laughs> but if it's just a fact and that there is an activity that you can either be awake to that fact or asleep to that fact. 
Yeah? It doesn't change the fact, does it? If you're asleep to the fact, doesn't mean there's no fact. It means there's an unawareness, seeming unawareness of the fact. That's all. So therefore, that seeming unawareness takes itself on a long journey, and when it finally reaches the goal, the goal informs it on having never left. So now it used the unawareness that fueled this whole journey, and it put it into stark contrast. Here's the unawareness that went all these directions and all this up and down to arrive, and then on arriving upon having never left. <laughs> so the whole basis of the success of the trip was there was no need for a trip. Hallelujah. Now, okay, maybe you're in the habit, you know, of traveling and you like the experience of arriving and you like the experience of departing. Okay, but it doesn't change the fact when you arrive, it informs you on having never left. Yeah. <laughs> so you can either make it more exotic, which some people do, maybe... I don't want just Buddhism. I want extreme tantric infused Buddhism. I want it. I want it found in relationship, but completely based on emptiness. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it may be. Okay. I've arrived upon having never left. What? Yes. Upon having never left. <laughs> Did you ever arrive at the store? And the cashier said that to you. Oh, Paul, and ha oh, Paul, having never left. Nice. I, want, I would say hello, but it would be redundant. You've been here the whole time. No, but this, this message is exactly that. Because the premise or the assumption that we're something is now have been, has been questioned. And now there's not a huge faith in that being something else that we've made to be ourselves. So shit that was always available to be revealed is re revealed now. Yes. Not because you arrived. Yeah. But because of all the addiction to the idea of that which could have departed and then arriving. You've lost interest in that. Yeah. You've lost interest in seeing the truth in the, through the lenses of time an experience where you think I'm gonna, I had this incredible experience, but it can't be it because it hasn't stabilized yet. So I have to work harder and harder for it to stabilize, which is a, you want, you're dreaming of a stable experience, yet you don't realize the biggest aspect of the experience is the experiencer. That's the biggest experience that you don't even see as an experience. You think you, you are having experiences, you're had by an experience already. It's called you. Yeah. And you're short. You came and went. <laughs> you're just like all the other experiences, but you don't think so. So when we look at it, it's like the time when there was a book, they talked about evolution and, you, you know, human beings say they're the crown of creation. Of course, the human being thinks so. He says, what would happen if evolution stopped at a at a jellyfish, the jellyfish would have thought it was the crown of creation. Yeah, the self-centeredness. You know what I mean? So here you go. If there's an addiction to time, you're not going to see anything but through time. If there's an addiction to experience, you're not going to recognize anything unless it has the quality of you having an experience. 
Those are called requirements and conditions we have given to something. Yeah. We're the one when we knock on heaven's door. God looks at Paul and says, Paul can't come in. If Paul was seen as not to be Paul, I would have walked in long ago. The spirit or the, the emptiness has no fucking requirement. It's us. It's got to stabilize. You know, people, oh, I feel so great at the meetings. But on Monday, conditions change. I want it to stabilize all the time. Why? I want to feel great all the time. Why? Because you see only thing through experience and time. And this is not of experience, nor is it of time. You can't recognize it. You can't have it. You can't lose it. You can't stabilize it. It's not of this place. We don't have the eyes to see. That's what you admit. It's awesome. I'm not going to get it. It's one of the greatest reliefs of all time. Serious. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to experience it. Can't have it. Can't lose it. Yeah. Basically, its condition has nothing to do with what I call my conditions. Yeah. I'm usually putting my conditions as a requirement to reach that condition, yet that condition has no requirements whatsoever. I used to always be dumbfounded by if you see consciousness moving in your life, let's, they call it consciousness, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, does it exhibit any thought or effort? So why would we believe we're going to get to that which exhibits no thought or effort through thought and effort. It makes absolutely, because we see it from the programming. We see that it's going to take time to arrive at, we, at what we are. No, it doesn't. You've never left. Yeah. I'm going to have to do something. And if I don't translate, like for me in spirituality, it hit a certain point where the only spirituality I was interested in was demonstrative. Yeah. Kundalini going into trances, fucking, you know, some, some kind of, on what level? Experiential level. That's where I wanted proof. I wanted proof in the way I set up the parameters, and here's the requirements, and here's the test. Now prove it. And it's what an insane fucking thing. When you recognize you're not going to get it. It's not an experience, no. It's not an experience. It's going to influence every fucking experience because it's not going to even influence the experience. It's going to influence the experiencer. There's going to be a loss of interest in the experiencer. And then the experiences will really be something else. Yeah. They won't be things that you acquire or you catalog or you collect. You'll see them. The joy of them are they're coming and going. Yeah. Haven't you ever been in a great situation in life and then it ends? Had lots of years surfing in the ocean. Now it doesn't. Now I don't. Things come and go. There's a beauty in that. Yeah. But this idea of being the experiencer goes unseen. So what is it? What do you say? What do they say? What does the hammer see everything as? A nail. So if we're looking from time and experience, we're going to think everything has to appear in that way. And we miss the whole fucking enchilada. Yeah, that's what they say. The fish doesn't even know it's wet. 
because it's always been wet. It doesn't have an experience of wetness. It's a state it's in. Yeah, so it has no idea of it. Just like you don't know the effects of gravity, really. You keep bitching about the hill or the stairs. Yeah, but it's really gravity. But if you wanted to know gravity, you would only know it's influenced by its absence. If you went into an anti-gravity chamber, you would realize what gravity is, the influence of gravity when it was lifted. This is exactly it. When you see an experience without an experiencer, you see something. If you keep trying to see something through the experience as an experiencer, you're going to get the same old fucking same old. You just get more new experiences, more extreme, longer, higher, farther, deeper, 100 foot waves, 120 foot waves. Yeah. The 10 biggest waves of the year. The 10 this biggest, the five best. <laughs> the five best non-duality messages of the year. Yeah. It's a humble understanding. It's not saying anything needs to be changed. Just see, just see. Are these misunderstandings yours? They're just misunderstandings, easily corrected if you're introduced to other understandings. So non-duality is an understanding in a way that just brings into stark contrast a lot of misunderstandings that a lot of other things don't bring into stark contrast. They actually fit themselves around those misunderstandings with the hopes that somehow they'll fall off or change as you keep going on. But non-duality just stands there looking at the emperor with no clothes. Yeah. And then you finally realize you are that and therefore you're not. Instead of living a denial of being the emperor with no clothes, there's a recognition you are and then it leads to you're not. Yes? Yeah. That to me is the message like we shared last week, I've been on it the last few weeks about the guy in India with a big bag on his head and he's and his hope for relief is based on arriving at Madras. Yeah, that's when he's gonna deliver the huge bag, like a hundred pounds. Very uncomfortable, but he's gonna fucking, you know, gird his loins and walk to Madras for four hours because he knows I'll get relief then. Yeah. So someone sees the guy and says, Hey, listen, where are you going? And the guy goes, Madras, he says, Hey. There's this train station. The train station just wasn't built then. It's been there. The guy just didn't know it Yeah, with the bag. This train, it says, oh, this new train station was just built. No, it's been there. The guy just had a misunderstanding. He didn't realize he could get to Madras some other way. Yeah. So the guy goes, hey, there's a train leaving every hour upon the hour to Madras. You got time to get on it. All right, so you're the guy who gave the message, oh, that's enough, I can split. But as he's walking by the train, he sees the guy, he got to the train, but he's still standing with the bag on his head. So he realizes this, the message has to go further. I gotta go in to the train and say, listen, bro, you're on the train, put the fucking bag down, yeah? 
It's not enough just to tell them where the train is. They're going to go to the train, all right. They'll be carried, but they'll still under, be under the illusion they're walking around with this heavy fucking thing. So you go there, the second message, hey, bro, the train's taking it with you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the train is taking you and you're taking the bag. The train is taking you and the bag. <laughs> yes? So... What do you mean? I was so looking forward to getting relief in Madras. Well, you're going to have to really have to have the relief now. Do you have any problem with that? Oh, well, I had a big story about it. Well, yeah, now. Yes. Don't you think some of the lightest topics are the heaviest things in the bag for some of us? Some of us have so many ideas of spirituality We've been weighed down for years around it, yeah? Look at people, the effect that the word awakening has on a lot of people, it's not a good effect. It, it gets them more anxious and more fucking feeling uh, disqualified or not enough, yeah? The, the head has a field day and then the word perfection comes in, which really you can't even take a shit. It's just fucking, everything's getting under intense surveillance. What does it mean? It's like, oh, it's worse than just being a fuck up. At least there's some relief from that. And then there's the idea of, hey, the idea of enlightenment, meaning the cessation of all suffering. Hey, yeah. And yet when the head hears it, what does it do with it? It uses it to cause suffering. Yeah. Now, is something wrong with, this, with the idea of enlightenment or awakening? Or is it something that's off in the hearing of the message? of enlightenment and awakening. I would say it's the latter, yeah? And I would question that which is hearing the message, not the message. What's hearing the message? That's what the message is directed through. Not to, but through. It's to see what you're not. See this mental activity that has been implying and insinuating and reinforcing this idea that you're the doer of a lot of shit you have nothing to do with. That you're the thinker of thoughts that you never even knew were coming until they seemingly land or open up here, yes? That you're the hearer of all this hearing? No, there's only hearing. And then there's this mental idea that there's a hearer, yes? Why not have a life at least where the horse is in front of the cart and you're aware of that? Because the horse is always in front of the cart. There's always seeing before a seer is derived. There's always hearing before a hearer. Yet our whole life is based on being the hearer. Based on the seer, the doer, the thinker, the feeler, the taster. Yeah? In other words, the whole life that we're relying on is based on something before it, which is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Seeing is essential. Seer isn't. Without seeing, you would not be able to come up with the idea of a seer, but there's tons of seeing with no seer. It goes uninterrupted on and on and on and on and on. When the seer passes away, the seeing doesn't stop. <laughs> but if the seeing leaves, the seer sure drops dead. <laughs> Oops, wait a minute. So my whole life is based on a misappropriation of importance. Yeah? And I take that to be where I am and where I'm looking from. 
So that gets rarely addressed. And then I see all the meaning given to everything else in relation to how important or unimportant is to this importance. And this importance is a made up point. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't fit with you anymore. Maybe you're in a position of outgrowing it. Like those shoes, if your mother kept putting on the shoes you wore at nine when you're 20, you know, oh, mom, I love your sh shoes, but I've outgrown them. They don't fit anymore. You know, but I love you in those shoes. I know, but they don't fit. So exactly. <laughs> These old ideas are just that. They're old ideas. Yeah. There's a possibility. All that's necessary is to hear the message. The message does the rest. Yeah. The message does the rest. The message is like a living thing. It's like a, a spiritual subpoena that lives. It goes in and it starts doing stuff. Yeah. And if you keep coming, not it doesn't matter to me or not, staring at a beautiful day. If you if there's a if there's like an assertion of some attention to that point, that point grows. Yeah. Not that it grows, it grows for you. It's always huge, but it grows for you. Yeah. So, what's your name? Delvon. Delvon, nice to meet you. Nice Dylan, to yes. Um, I thought we had a doorman back there. Dylan got in again. They tried to stop us at the bridge. But it's too late now. So, so this is a message based on this idea. It's been around a long, long time. of non-duality, yeah? So duality is act, react, yeah? Uh, this, therefore, that, yes, no, desire, aversion, yes, this, 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 uh, it's like a two spring move, you know, you move this way and something moves that way, yes, so there's a duality and we live and see it that, yeah, and we are a living example of it. We lend it ourselves a singularity by picturing it as a body, like a long lasting separate thing, but what we are is a dualistic movement. Yes. So we act and then get ready for a reaction. Yes. All this starts happening. So there's seeing and then how we see that is see or see. Yeah. So the seeing is what's happening. The dualistic expression would be see or see. Yeah. So now and there's it's very, very dominantly weighed on the seer. You see a lot of different things, but there's only one seer of all of them throughout the day. Yes. So the seer gets the most hits, so to speak, on the YouTube. If there was a YouTube of Paul getting clicks all day, the seer would get way more clicks than the scene. Yeah, because the scene would be a secondary object to the subject of the seer. But the subject of the seer is an object. Because the seer is pictured as an object, yeah? So the subject-objectness is duality. So we're in this event called duality, and non-duality is just a negation of that. It's saying it's not true. It's not saying it isn't happening. It just says it's not true. Yeah. All right. Pretty interesting. So you start hearing the message, and it questions not the seeking, but it will say the seeker is the sort. So if the seeker is the sort, you would see seeking as not a beneficial movement. Because the seeking would take you away from the idea that you're the sort, obviously. If you are what you're looking for, the looking for should stop, yes? So, yeah, so the message is the seeker is the sort. So basically, 
bye-bye to the seeking. <laughs> Hopefully. But that's not, and it's so quick because if something that you're looking for hasn't been lost, yeah, then the amount of time it will take to find it gets dismissed, obviously. And the possibility of never finding it is thrown out the window because it's never been lost, yeah? So the immediacy of the message uh, doesn't stress time, yeah, it doesn't. And it doesn't stress location or conditions. It's saying right now, you and I are what we're looking for, yeah? What's looking, yeah, is what we are looking for. So if that's the case, hooray. <laughs> it can, your search can finally end because you are what you've been looking for. That's the assumption of non-duality. If that has a nice flavor, maybe it gets you intrigued a little bit, it immediately directs you into looking at what you're not, the activity that keeps supposing you to be you, yeah? Against all evidence contrary. Yeah, it's got a very stubborn elasticity. You can have peak experiences where it completely disappears and then it shows up and says it had the experience of its own disappearance. <laughs> it claims and it claims and it keeps claiming life. Yeah. Now, the way we've been taught, life has some volition and choice in the matter. So it always usually ends us up to thinking, well, why am I doing that? But you're not doing that. It's a mechanical move a mental mechanical move, which is whatever is happening or whatever it's brought into contact with, it claims. So if they're seeing, it claims the seeing to, to verify or be evidence of the seer, yeah? Where there is no evidence of the seer, but it uses the seeing as evidence of the seer, yeah? The evidence that you're seeing definitely, is a, definitely means as a seer. Yeah, which is, a, that's a stretch really, but that's what it does. So there's seeing, claims it, seer. Hearing, hearer, feeler, feeling, thinking, thinker. Yeah. And now it triangulates us. It tells us what we were, yeah, and you're pictured as a body. It tells you what you're gonna be, and you're pictured as a body, and it goes, I was Paul, I will be Paul, therefore I am Paul. It doesn't start with I am Paul, because there's nothing there. It says, I was Paul, I will be poor, and this is the logic. If I was and I will be, therefore I am. <laughs> it makes total sense in the mental logic, but the mental logic's insane if you see it from outside the mental logic. It's an insane logic. It cannot bear a verb alone. It won't see an action without surmising an actor. It just won't. And that's a blindness. And it's a blindness that it, in itself it cannot correct. It's a systemic failure that the system can't correct. Yeah? This is what it sees. When it sees a happening, it says there's got to be a someone or a something involved in it. Yeah? Where a great master, a great, supposedly he said, Lord Buddha, Events happen like this large event. Events happen, deeds are done. Yeah, we can all agree on that, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah, so a lot of people would like to say, you mean this isn't happening? No, that's a distraction. We're saying this is happening, but it's not happening to you. 
<laughs> the you that you think is it's happening to is very more suspect than this. This is actually happening. The idea that it's happening to you is the big suspicious point. Yeah. You want to get suspicious of everything out here, sort of like Dracula going on vampire hunts to make sure no one realizes he's Dracula. You know? so let's, is this real? Is this multi eleven dimensional, multi? Blah, blah, blah? No, no, no. No, let's just see if there's a you. If there ain't a you, a lot of things are going to change without you changing a thing. A lot of things are going to change without you or I changing a thing. The whole thing will rearrange. It's sort of like, you know, that glitch in the Matrix where the cat goes across the open door and then it does it again. The, the whole movie paused. There was a huge possibility of outness. Yeah. That was they just by seeing that the fucking mainframe had stopped. <laughs> you get to see a lot of those, yeah. <laughs> because now you're not trying to look at it from it. You're seeing it from some other vantage point. Yeah. I don't believe we're like a a physical camera trapped with only the aperture and the direction we're pointing. I think we're more of a spatial scene or awareness, yeah? Not a visual one, but an awareness. And so basically we're not located anywhere and we're not moved or direction by time. It's just a big space, yeah? I would say that's what we more are than this idea of Paul. And you can see the systemic making of Paul from there. And then there's a recognition, hey, they not, that may not be you, may not be me, and if it ain't you, fucking all the weight distribution that was happening in your life that you thought was that solidly there, that solidly here, it gets moved. Yeah? You lose interest in a lot of things, and it gets reshuffled, and a new card game gets dealt. Yeah? And you're all winners at the table in a way. Yeah? This fear of losing is taken away because you are what you're looking for not based on requirements that you've met or that you've achieved. You are what you're looking for right now. Hallelujah. It's good news. So, yeah. So we have these little talks to uh, remind ourselves of what we're not, <laughs> not to try to remind what we're not, that it's ourselves. Uh, remind ourselves of what we're not. Yeah. Because it's a habit. The habit it's not going to change much because it's not you. You're not doing it. And you think, if I've changed sufficiently, I would stop doing it. But you never were doing it. It's a mechanical action. The mental state is brought into contact by us, you know, consciousness, you want to call it. And then it claims what it's brought into contact to write a story, an interpretation. And its interpretation is dualistically based, which is subject-object. You're going to be seen as an object, but you're going to live as a subject. Yeah, you're going to see all these other subjects as objects. Yes, but you're going to always keep thinking you're the subject, even though they're seeing you as an object. While you're seeing them as an object, you're going to go, I beg your difference. I'm Paul seeing you, but they're doing the same thing where Nor is. Nor thinks it's Nor seeing Paul. <laughs> so nor has a little lending of subjectivity to it. Paul has a lending of subjectivity to it. But from where he's seeing me, he's seeing an object. 
Yeah. I'm seeing an object. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as a subject. Yeah. It's confusing because sometimes you're the thinker and sometimes you're the thought about. So you're sitting at home and the head's thinking about you, you know, that you should be looking better or something like that, going over your physical details, let's say. And then suddenly you're thinking about someone else as an object, as the subject, you know. Yeah. So this is duality. Sometimes you're seen as the right where you're sitting, that which you're calling you sees you as an object subject all day, just flips around. Yeah. All day. Yeah. When it suits it, it's a, like when I got run over by the car, it saw itself as a subject. <laughs> it looked down on the object and he says, oh, why did, what did you do? <laughs> I listened to you. That's what I did. That's why I'm here. It just lifted off the object and just hovered around as the subject, critiquing <laughs> the past object of Paul. What? What a fucking stupid motherfucker to get run over twice in one night. <laughs> <laughs> it had a field day on it. <laughs> once he saw the pain, it flipped. It just stripped out. Wait a minute. I'm leaving the body for a while. By, yeah. by that concept, what do you think of the uh, higher self? So concept of the... I think there's higherness, but I don't think there's a self, a higher self. No. So that goes against Carl Jung's. Wait, my brain has a little brain? Probably. I don't know. Young, <laughs> Not the brain. The brain, of course, would have lower, higher selves. Because it lives in degrees and time, yes? So there'd be lower and higher selves. I don't believe there's a self. Uh, I, I, uh, I think there's an activity called selfing that implies there's one. I don't think there's one. So... Uh, but yeah, definitely the action figure can be more cultivated or less cultivated, yes? Yeah, like for me, I was, the action figure was, went into drug addiction early and shit, got in a lot of trouble. Now I've been recovered for 34 years. So as a cow, I'm a much better grazing cow than I used to be, because I was a cow thinking was a bull. <laughs> But I wasn't, but yeah. So I would think, yeah, this is a higher form of cow than I used to be as, as the experience, as this event. But I don't believe there's a self, higher or lower. No, no I don't think there's any noun to be found. I don't think there's a thing behind it all. I don't think there's a behind it all. And I don't think it, there's a before it all. I think it's all, yeah, yeah. But that's just an opinion. But the idea or structure of a thing, there was a great master said, um, you know, the big, how this thing occurs, this interpretive event, yeah? The head presupposes that a non-existent thing, a body, yeah, is what's existing. It makes a mistake, it attributes the subject with the object. Now it gets confused. Is the object the subject? Yeah, and it gets confused, yeah? So the presupposing, pre means before. So when something is supposed and is presupposed, that supposing goes back into the past. So when the head supposes you're a doer now, it pictures you as a doer for the last 30 years, yes? 
So there's a presupposing of this non-existent thing. In other words, mixing up the subjectivity with the object, yeah? Wanting to get salvation for itself would make sense, but it's a non-existent thing, yeah? So it blows the whole logic of wanting to get salvation because if it wants salvation from a non-existent thing, it's available. It doesn't exist already. <laughs> There's no process. You can't, I don't, I don't have to go to a non-non-existent thing. Non-existent is pretty enough. So, so, so there's this presupposing of this non-existent thing being existing. It's just a mistake, yeah? And it could be cleared up easily, really. Not by the non-existent thing, though. That's the, that's the, the little rub. So I, there's this non-existent thing assumed to be existing and actually the, being the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, like I'm the one who has the quality of subjectivity. Yeah, I'm like the owner of it instead of being an, ex, an expression of it. Yeah? So wanting to get salvation, if that's the case, which he's, presupp he's actually supposing that it is <laughs> already, if that's the case, your spiritual practices themselves are reinforcing the non-existent thing how can they destroy it? So this is the conundrum about using what you are to look for what you are. Yeah? You can use anything else to look for anything else, but you can't, it won't work if you use what you are to look for what you are. It won't work there. You can use anything else to look for anything else. You can, but you can't use what you are to look for itself. It would be a denial of what you are. Yes? So like the past and the future self, Well, the past, I don't believe there's a present self, so I'm not worried about the past and future self. <laughs> I just don't believe there's one. I believe there's a story of a past self and a future self. That story is still printing. It doesn't have a mass distribution anymore, but it's still printing the story. I get to see the headlines. I usually don't go to go to the sports pages immediately. <laughs> get to the headlines. Usually a headline is, you are fucked, you're gonna be fucked, or you will be fucked, some form or another. <laughs> so it's pretty old news, so I've lost interest in reading it. It still gets delivered. I can hear it hit the porch. <laughs> well, what, so what is the body? So uh, someone's asking me here, what is the body? In my case, a beautiful expression of, of beauty and suppleness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the body is. I mean, does it? I exist? think of the, my feeling is really, but this is an understanding. Yeah. Uh, is that it's an appearance or a dreaming? Like right. I like what Ramana Maharshi says: the body is appearing in mind. It doesn't have a mind. The body is an appearance of big M mind. So I feel like that. Yeah, I, I feel heard that one. Huh? Yeah, I feel, uh, I go with that. That has a good feeling to me. Yeah. See, if this is dreaming, then the highest level anything in dreaming could reach is an appearance. Yeah. It couldn't reach, it couldn't transcend the appearance and become real. That wouldn't be dreaming, yes? So in dreaming, 
And I would say what can be seen here, felt, taste, touch, like Hawaiian posted, whatever can be can be perceived can't be perceiving. Yeah. So I would say the reality is that which is perceiving, but it can't be perceived. So anything is an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in an, maybe it's an appearance of what's perceiving, which would be dreaming, but it's not it's not capturing what's perceiving. It's an appearance. Well, yeah? because it can't be captured. Exactly. So let's say uh, there was a projection. You're looking in a certain way, and you see it. It would be an appearance, like the Course in Miracles says. Mind projects, yeah, and then the dreamt uh, perceives. So we perceive what's dreamt as real, yeah, and we're taking what's dreamt to be real, so that we take ourselves to be real. Yeah. Yes. That's the dreaming. So why would you want to spend time trying to convince the dreamt that it's not real? It doesn't matter. It, ha it can be totally convinced, but it will feel like it's real all day. So let's just go and see you're just not that. Yes? Yeah. So I don't care. See, I remember I spoke in Dublin and uh, on a Sunday. I did it for another group. So Sunday was free. People didn't have to pay. So a number of people came, and a uh, guy had been listening to us. He says, oh, I, you're always talking about not being a body. It sounds so simple and easy. And he says, to me, it seems impossible. And I said, yeah, because you're speaking from a body. <laughs> the body is going to be the last one to tell you it would be possible not to be a body. That's its whole survival mechanism. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't know me. Go, what? <laughs> So you just have to see the, the amount of importance isn't on the thing itself. It's being given to the thing where, where we're sitting. So when you believe, like I remember I would chant, I'm not a body. Yeah, I'm not a body, uh, whatever. It went on. It was from the Course in Miracles. And then a few months later, I realized, you know, I chanted like for five hours but all it was doing was reinforcing about I was a body because <laughs> it was the body thinking was chanting it wasn't a body. <laughs> so it did exactly this thing of spiritual practices, reinforcing the non-existent thing. How can they destroy it? All these things I said, I've seen myself as an illustrated example of what I'm saying at these talks. I saw this event in that illustration. I saw that exactly. When I was chanting, I'm not a body, I realized I was chanting it as a body. And the only thing that wants to get out of the body is the body. <laughs> so your wanting to get out of the body is actually used to reinforce that you're in the body. See, I never had seen that until I did, and now I always see it. <laughs> I never saw it. I was trying to get out of Paul since I was six years old, constantly in a lot of different vehicles, a lot of different formulations, but with one constant primary number, Paul. <laughs> the math just wasn't making sense, but I never had the idea, take out the primary number one and put the primary number zero, and then things will fucking make sense. I couldn't see that from one. <laughs> One didn't want to see that it was part of the faultiness of the equation. You can't blame it. 
So when I saw it, then the number was zero and then things made sense, you know? Life's happening is much easier to deal with than life's happening to me. Because <laughs> I have a lot of opinions what should happen to me <laughs> and what shouldn't happen to me. And those opinions get fucking crossed every day. It doesn't seem like life is listening to me about what I want to be happening to me. Yeah? But life is happening. I can travel lighter with that. Yeah, that's an endless source of peace. Yes. You watch that happen. All right, so we're going to ask some questions now. Hey, you ready? <coughs> Someone's still here. How do we turn this on? I lost Nick. He's, he's there. He's, I heard him laugh. Oh, wait. Hold on. All right, I'm going to put this on. All right, anybody have a question? We're going to. Who's running the show? Oh, it's Nick. <laughs> oh. This is a rudderless, a rudderless boat. We don't have anyone at the helm. All right. Does anyone have a question? I'll try to recognize it. No, Angie. No. No, that's good. Uh, oh, great, Angie. Very good. I can actually uh, mention something here, as you said. You know, you got to that uh, stage where you were chanting, "I am the body." And that kind of, no, I'm, not, not, the I'm not the body, and that kind of reinforced the body. And it's funny that is this, it's the same in our physical practices. So when you stretch all the way to the limit of your uh, range of motion, then your body tightens. It's like it's gripping. It's, uh, and you achieve the opposite effect. So if you're trying to stretch some muscles all the way to the top of your limit, it's not good. It's because you're the effect yes. is completely the opposite of what yes. you're yes. you're trying to achieve so it's it's very similar to what you said maybe you're you're trying to reach the top of your spiritual practice and then your the effect is the opposite so you have to relax a bit yes does it work can you hear i'm gonna angie i'm gonna say what you said so she's talking about when you're stretching, you can't stretch all the way because if you do, it contracts more. So my whole life could be illustrated by one stretching, one stretch. Life's, that's Paul's life explained. <laughs> so it, it, it's, a, it's the body's way of protecting itself. So you can't stretch all the way to the maximum. It's the body's way to protect itself. So maybe in the same way with spiritual practices, the ego's way to protect itself. You cannot, uh, or, you know, this understanding. Yeah, that. the ego's way of protecting itself at the expense of self. us, so to speak. Yeah. 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 So basically, we live for the interpretation. Yeah. yeah, so that, that was interesting to draw this parallel between the spiritual practice and the physical practice of the body. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the point is, though, the in this case, the fundamental conundrum is the premise you are what you're looking for. Yes. You're not like going to be found in a future goal you're right now available at all times with no requirement necessary to be it because you are it yeah that is a whole different can of worms to the head 
Yeah, it doesn't know what to do with that, for sure. Yeah? Because it's really, uh, it's like the emperor with no clothes and there's no offering of a, of a cover. Yeah? It's just stand there with no clothes. Take a look, because all these devices that you call yours, if they keep moving, you're going to constantly keep calling them yours. When they're stopped by the message, you can see they're not yours. Yeah? That drive to understand is not yours. That drive to know is not yours. You are what you want to understand. Yeah? Understanding yeah. can be a deterrence. But the it's only a understanding I find in non-duality is it's used to uh, contest the misunderstandings. Yeah? You don't rest on the new understanding. You rest on vision. You rest on a being awake. Yeah? And, and this this whole uh, message goes against our life conditioning, uh, where we've been told all the time that you have to uh, work hard to achieve something, you have to study more to understand better. And the message here is completely different. Huh? Yes, yes. So you just have to relax more <laughs> and be, rest in being. Well, you know, if you want to, you know, Push your body to the extreme, great. But the I idea mean, of pushing yourself the... to the extreme doesn't work. Yeah? Yes? Relaxed in the sense of um, mental activity, in that sense. Well, yeah. The, the weird, like, the release point is not in the doing or not doing, it's in the doer. That's where the massage, that's where the shatsu is. You hit that thing and it releases a lot. You thinking like my girlfriend's always direct me right to where she feels the pain, but it's not really caused by that. It's caused by something here, right? But no, this is where it hurts. This is the head. But so if you put your finger here, the release point is at the doer, not the doing, changing the doing, adding different doings. Yeah, you can do that forever, but the doer, yeah? the thinker, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, and you hold that point. I don't know if you're seeing this. You hold that mm. point in satsang. That's the, that's the seat assignment, is not let the fucking thing up. <laughs> don't have a, a, let's take eight deep breaths. No, let's stop and pause. No, just keep pouring on the message until it, it just gets through. It breaks through the defenses. You don't want to let the defenses regroup. So you have your finger on there, and my girlfriend's, ow, ow, you know, I don't care, because I know this is what has to happen for this to relieve. And she, no, oh, put it here. No, uh-uh. And then she begrudgingly tells me she feels a lot better later on, begrudgingly. Yeah? So this is the point. Yeah, I don't care about the doing or how long I stretch to shit like that. I don't. The idea of an action without an actor is pure and clean because that's the fact. There only are actions without an actor. Yeah. This isn't about adding or subtracting. It's made up, really. You're not taking anything away. I'm going to extract the doer from all the doing. There's no extraction of the doer. There isn't one. Yeah. It's the doing is claimed to imply the doer. It's, that's why time is necessary, because it isn't true. 
So it takes time to seem to be true. So there's got to be a process that claims the action to turn it into an interpretation as an actor. It takes time. You can see it from before it's hatched. You can, because you're before time. You can see the mental activity. And what we're doing is lending glasses at satsang so you can see it. Yeah. So by hearing the message, you can see what you used to look from. And you'll see it. You'll see the activity. If you see enough, you don't have to see every freaking activity. It's got a modus operandi. It has a pattern. Yes. And it's not volitional. And you're not behind it. You're not the doer of it. Yeah. You're not the doer of the doing. Hallelujah. Do you feel like you're, going, you're the doer? Yes. You don't feel like it. The system does. When there's doing claim, the system gets a sense of being the doer. That's not true. But it feels true for sure. To the system, it feels, it feels true. Does it make it true? No, but it feels true. When people say you have no free will, you can go to an eight-month seminar. You have no free will. Completely believe you have no free will, yet you feel like you have free will when you go to the ice cream store. I'm going to get pistachio today. Yeah, I was going to get vanilla, but then I changed my mind at the last second. That feeling is going to continue on. Yeah, it, because it's not it's not a true it's not an effect from a true cause. It's made up. Yeah. So I feel like I have free will all day. Do I? No. But I could sit here and try to convince this thing, and it would go, "Yeah, I totally agree," and it would still feel like it has free will. And Ramana Maharshi, the great master, gave you a simple answer: If there's a sense of individuality, which means not a sense of doing, feeling, tasting, touching, but a sense of doer, feel it, taste it, touch it. Yes, that's the individuality. When there's a sense of individuality, there's going to be a sense of free will. They go hand in hand. So if you want to get super clear about free will and not be clear about the sense of individuality, it doesn't go anywhere, my feeling. Yeah. So let's just go to the sense of individuality and then you'll lose interest in the topic of free will. You will. So, yeah. So there you go. Thank you, Angie. Thank you. I really tried to get this recorded and it didn't work again. Hold on. Hold on. Isn't that one? Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. so I hope someone has a question now. We had one question. Because we have the Zoom up. I want to try it. All right. Anyone, just throw out a question, anybody. <laughs> Judith, ask us a question, please. We had a hand up, Paul. Uh... <laughs> Hold on. I can't hear him. Nanetti? I just yeah. asked you. Know. Oh, yes. That's kind of close. <laughs> it's Nanette. Hey, Paul, good to see you. Thank you yeah. so much. Um, yeah, I hope you can hear me. Yes. Uh, I all right. Good, good, good. Um, a couple of things. Uh, you know, traveling lighter is this, you just don't take anything personal. Nothing to take personal. Yeah, yes. Something and, takes it personal, um, but you don't take other, everything personal. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's like everything becomes non-personal. Uh, 
but the other thing, and and I was thinking of the course as you were wearing early in the course, it talks about uh, the there is no free will, but then it says uh, the only free will is when you would take the curriculum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's in the beginning. Yeah. That's in the beginning of the course. And um, I was thinking of the holy instant as you were talking and, uh, you know, just the resting. There's one of the Course in Miracles lessons, I rest in God. But there was something that was brought up about the terms being used, um, self, higher self, false self. We hear a lot of that in recovery rooms. And yeah. I remember uh, one of my earlier Course in Miracle teachers back in the early 90s, he said, you're going to be in the world. He says, just don't make it real when you're hearing it. Just you move with compassion and um, you don't want to debate these terms within the rooms or anything, but you just work with it and rest with it, so to speak. So I just kind of wanted to hear some of your input on that, because it is a term that's used a lot, higher self, false self, um, real self, um, and all of it. And I, I cannot, I can understand, but at the same time, I understand there is no self. Or I don't understand there is no self. It's just. Yeah. Well, uh, in the Zoom realm, I, I found I can mute. <laughs> I can mute people. No, no. I don't. Uh, in AA, we have the term higher power. I think it's a lovely artistic expression. I don't think it's, it's need, it doesn't need to be grounded in a reality or not. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I meant, I meant, high, I, meant I was talking about the term higher self, the, the, oh, higher, the higher self, self, that word higher self. Yeah, that's a term that, that well, that's all, you hear in When I was, when I was on shooting cocaine. I thought I was a higher self. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. uh -huh. I I actually was, I actually was pretty successful for years. I was one motherfucking yeah. high self. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't. I was pretty damn high. Oh, so I can speak from experience. There is none. <laughs> there is no higher self. Right. It's like a lower self trying to feel right, better. But we don't want to debate with people. Yeah. What? I know. I don't know. So we don't want to like, you know, like because because people have their. There's just so many terms you can go. I go to a lot of different meetings, and there are a lot of different terms, and yeah, I just kind of resign from the debating of it all about the self, so to speak. But it is something that a term that's used a lot. Self. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know the feeling? It's a to me. There's a feeling of self, a sense of self. Yeah, the sense of self is feeling you're like a long-lasting, independent, separate thing. Yeah, a mix of subject-object without knowing it, and that feeling of when a doing occurs that you're the doer or someone else is. Or when there's thinking, you're the thinker. When there's feeling, you're the feeler. That that to me is a sense that's produced. Yeah, a sense of self. There's no self to sense, but there's a sense of self. Yeah. 
Yeah. So well, that's, that's the definition I like it. Now, the so the higher self, lower self uh, would be self looking at itself from different positions. So one aspect of self would see it see itself as the higher self, therefore would look down on what it would call the yeah. lowest vice versa the lower self is saying fuck you to the higher self and uh yeah but they're not going this they're they're basically there's no uh yeah yeah well, remember what you said about a half hour ago when, when well, everyone's getting cold here yeah about the hot you, you said the brain has a higher again maybe the brain has a higher self and i i think that's maybe what a lot of us are talking about yeah yeah the brain's fucking complex it yeah. has all sorts of ways of seeing things, and maybe there's a subtle energy spiritual aspect of that too, but it doesn't make it any more real, it's just there. It's just complicated and there. Yeah, well the thing is, there's a lot of ideas, but I, you know, I, I try to stay true to the platform, and really, uh, if, there's, if there's a feeling of a higher self, who is it that's having that feeling? more valuable to me and if there's a feeling of a lower self who or what is having that feeling yeah i'd much rather always take a step back where the uh the starting line is because you'll see it's a bogus race yeah Yeah. now we're on an exercise class hey uh we're gonna (laughs) (laughs) now tell me tell me these people are acting like they're not a body They're all acting completely like they are a body. They're cold. They're trying to. They're looking for a cushion and a leather jacket. Isn't this amazing? Now me, I'm wearing no underwear. I'm freezing, and it doesn't matter because I'm not the body. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> we're not everyone when everyone's hearing we're not of time they're all looking at their watches and right. it's like you're never gonna win you're not getting oh, out of what I'm you're not in Why am I cold you're not escaping <laughs> paul isn't gonna go with paul from paul as paul yeah just tell the truth tell the truth you're in a sense you're completely hopeless <laughs> You're going to fart at inopportune times. You're going to say a super thing. You're going to do that. You're going to step on people's toes. Shit's going to happen. Yes. Just thank God it's not you. So now they're all, Jesus Christ, this is Northern California. This is like a refugee, a refugee camp. Yeah, look at this. They all have Audis and fucking uh, <laughs> fucking Teslas. Yeah. Shit, they got heating in their car in two minutes. I can't take it anymore. I love when he says we're not a body. <laughs> it's hopeless. I give up on everyone, uh, myself included. That is the most relieving thing you've said. That is. So I hope there's no more questions. <laughs> They're getting unruly. They're getting unruly. They've got to go and get something to eat. Hey, uh, let me say goodbye, all right, folks? Walter, always a pleasure.
Thank you for hanging in there with us, Walter. I know we can be trying at times. But, yeah. Robert, nice to see you, Rob. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, thank you for the donations. Uh, we got, uh, who's this? Phil W. Phil, is this your first time here? I apologize. I apologize. Uh, Paul, you know me. I've, I've been to, uh, maybe you don't recognize me with the beard. Oh, you, oh yeah, I remember now. How yeah, are you? No, I've been I've been to the to your uh, whatever. I used to go to the Wednesday thing and the Saturday thing. Yes. Before the, you know. Well, you just got a lot better looking. I you didn't recognize me. Yeah. There you go. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. We got Nick B. He's supposedly the co-host. I don't know where he is. Gary, <laughs> uh, nice to see you, Gary. Thank you for all your support, bro. It's never been so good living in a corner, eh? Nice. Anu, again, thank you for all the support. Don, thank you. Judith, as always, my little, uh, yes. Nice to see you, Judith. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see, Ariane, Ariane, nice to see you, honey. Yeah, Roman. Kenneth from Vancouver, Nanette. Hey, if anyone's interested too, please, if you want to go on that retreat to Italy, we need to have uh, down payments before the end of March. Uh, thank you. That's in September. Let me see who else. We got Kelly. We got... Uh, Bill, Bill, nice to see you, Bill in Delaware. We got Chris. He's not in front of the door today. We got Angie. Nice to see you, Angie. Stefan on having never left. Kaylin, Romania. Johannes, Germany. Nice to see you, Johannes. We got someone, uh, Jack G is eating some food from a can or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Zach, I can't see everyone. So, oh, there's Susan. Susan H. Nice to see you, Su Susan. Thank you for putting up with us today. Yes. We got Rob H. from Toronto. There he is. He's alive and well and not in jail. That's good. That's uh, Leah. Leah, did you get my my message about? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got Leah. it. In Colorado. Days in Colorado. Five days. Yeah. I got you, honey. Yes, thank you. Great. We got uh, Angie, everyone. If I miss you today, Jim, nice to see you again. Alan, nice to see you. Susanna W., Susan K., my latte lady. We got Not Manageable from Sweden. He's nice and comfortable. Uh, we got Zach something. And if I haven't said goodbye to you, I say goodbye to you. I can't see that well. See you guys. I'll see you uh no, Tuesday, Tuesday, 1030 Pacific time and the rest of the, all of the schedule is on zenbitchslap.com. Thanks.